We're on top of the Flamer Hey Medalif. Um, actually, like 10 lines in, Be'erech. The first word on the line is Basada. Rabbi Rav Yosef, the Omri Tarvayu. The Gemara here is discussing the Mishnah at the bottom of the Flamedal Ramad Beis. If you take a look in the Mishnah there, it says, a person that places the aid of Tchumen into a closet, and he lost the key to the closet. So there's a machlaikis in the Mishnah, the Tanakhama and Rabbi Yezer, whether it's a good aid or not. The Tanakhama says it's still a good aid of, even though he can't access the food from the aid of Tavshilin. It's okay. Rabbi Yezer says it's not a good aid of unless he knows where the key is. So the Gemara now gives a pshat in this Mishnah. Before the Gemara explained that the Mishnah is talking about a closet that's actually made from bricks without any cement. And uh, there's a svara that you can remove one brick and take out the key. That's what the Tanakhama says it's a good aid of. And that's on Yontif. The Mishnah is talking about Yontif. Now the Gemara gives a second pshat. Rabbe and Rav Yasef Damri Tarvayu. Rabbe and Rav Yasef both say the pshat here is Hacha b'migdol shal eitz askinon. We're talking about a wooden closet. Not made out of bricks, but a regular wooden closet. Marsovar, so now one opinion here is Kalihu. Even though it's a large closet and it's heavy enough to carry 40 saw, usually in the halachas of Tumas, something that's large enough to carry 40 saw is not a regular Kali. It's not movable. So even though it's a large closet, nevertheless, Kalihu, it still has the status of a Kali. It's not considered to be a structure, a tent, a, a, a house, it's a Kali. There's no Isser of building in a keli, and there's no Isser of demolishing in a keli. Just like in the Mishkan, the, the Binyan and the Stira was regarding the building of the structure of the Mishkan itself, not in Kalim. So over here, when you get Takeli, Aim Binyan Bekalim, Vein Stira Bekalim. There's a Machlekes Hishayim about this concept. What Aim Binyan Bekalim, Vein Stira Bekalim means. Rashi in many places holds, it means literally, there's no Malacha of Binyan regarding a keli, in any way. Taisvis in many places says it depends if it's a binyan gomor or if it's not a binyan gomor. If you mamish building a keli, there's this act that you're doing in a keli that's a binyan gomor, then there is a binyan. But if you hear, in this case, what does the person have to do? Break open the lock, break open this, uh, this uh, closet to get the food, so then there's no, there's no issue. It's not considered to be a stira gomor, and therefore you can get your food even on Shabbos. Marsavar. But the Tanakhama says that this is considered to be a tent. It's like an oil. It's large enough that it's not a keli anymore. It's considered to be like an oil. And therefore, you can't break it open. There's, there's a Isser of Binyan and there's Isser of Stira of demolishing it if you would break it open on Shabbos. This argument here regarding the status of this closet is similar to Amachleikis Tanoim that we find regarding Tuma. The Tanan, or actually it's a Braise, the Tanya, we learned in a Braise, regarding a Zov. So a Zov that moves something, he makes a Tame. Even if you're wearing gloves, let's say, and the, the Zov did not touch it, but he just moved it, he makes a Tame. So the Braise says, Hikish al-gabe shida tevo migdol. If a Zov is, is, it touch, it moves, he pushes, he bangs and pushes a shida teva migdol, which is a carriage, a box, or a closet, and they're large. Tmein, it becomes tamei. Rab Nechemye, Rab Shimin, Metar. Rab Nechemye, Rab Shimin says, even though the Zav moved it, it's still toy. So my love, Bokam It seems like that the point of their argument is, Mar Savar Keilihu. The Tanakhama says that if you move something which is a Keili, so that's susceptible to Tumah. 
Omar Sovar Oyelu, Rab Nechemi and Rab Shimon say it's not a keli, it's like a, a permanent structure or like a tent which is a place to, to live in, not, not, not a stomach keli. So therefore even if the Zav moves it, it's still going to be tired. So we see a source for this machlekes when you have a large closet, a large box, and you move it whether it has a status of a keli or an oil. Omar so Abaye says, no, this is not a good source. Is this a good svara? Could you make this uh, comparison? We learned regarding the tomb of Azov, regarding the uh, oil. Oil, if you actually have a tent. So it's not a keli, it's a tent. Vinisit, and it was moved through the Zov. Tommy, it's going to be Tommy. Keli, if you have just a vessel and the, the Zov touches it, or he touches it, uh, but he's wearing gloves and he didn't move it. Vinisit, it did not move out of its place. Toy, it's going to be toy. So what do you see over here? When it comes to the tumma of the Zav, it doesn't matter if it has a status of a keli or it has a status of an oil. Either way, if you move it, it's tome. If you did not move it, it's tahir. So we can't bring any source from this machlokes that we said before between the Tanakhama and Rab Nechemi and Rab Shimon regarding the status of a closet, a box, if it's like an oil or a keli, it doesn't matter. Another thing the Gemara says, another question, Okatani Seife, we learned in the Seife of the Braise that we quoted before, the Machlaikis, that Im Nisutin, if you have a Shida, Teva, Migdal, and when the Zav moved it, it actually moved out, out of its place, Tmeim, it's going to be Tomei. Ze'aklal, and the Braise says there as follows, this is the rule, Nisut Machmaskaichai, Tomei. If there's something that moved because of the Kayach directly of the Zav, that he touched it and he moved it, then it's going to be Tomei. But if it was only which means that you shook it, not directly, Rashi says, there's a few pshatim of this, Rashi's pshat is that he stamped with his feet on the ground right near this tent, and because of that, the tent moved. Not that you moved it directly, but you stamped on the ground. You, you shook the, the ground around it, and it, it moved it out of its place. Then it's tohir, because that's indirect. So what do we see over here? It doesn't depend if it has the status of a keli or an oil. That doesn't make a difference. If you move it out of its place directly, it'll be tomei. If you move it indirectly, you just shake the ground and it's tahir. Elam <coughs> so Abaye says, the kulalme heset machmas So if you would move it directly, so then it would be tomei. Machmas If you move it indirectly, you shake the ground around it and that moves the tent, it's going to be tahir. The hacha, the machlekes that we quoted before regarding a shida, teva, migdal, if you move it, if it would be tummy or not, machmas askinon. Over here, the person shook the tent or he shook the box, but he didn't move it out of its place. So, in other words, there's three different scenarios of possibilities here. You have a case where a person moves the box out of its place. You have a case where a person just shook the earth around it, and that shook this box. And then you have a case where you're shaking the box itself, but you didn't move it out of its place. That's where the argument is in that last case. And here, that's the argument in the Braise that we quoted before. I shook it, it, it was a it shook, but it didn't move out of its place. It's considered to be heset. That's, the, that's enough of a movement that the Zav moved it to make it Tomei. And the opinion of the Rabbi Nechemi and Rabbi Shimon that we quoted before was that no, that's, that's, it only shook, but it didn't move out of its place and therefore it's Tahir. So this whole thing that we brought up over here about Tumen and Tara has nothing to do with our Mishnah that's discussing a closet that's locked and you have to demolish it, you have to break it open in order to get into the food. 
And over here the question is, according to Rabban of Yasef, the question is if it has a status of a keli, or if it has a status of a oil, that has nothing to do with the Indian of Zov. By Zov it doesn't make a difference. So if we don't have a source from Tumentara to this concept, so how would we explain our Mishnah? So now the Gemara brings another pshat. In, in the, in the Machlaikis in our Mishnah, when the food is locked inside and you don't have the key. Abai and Ravadamri Tarvayu, Sabai and Rava both say, Bin Minal, Vikotir Bimisna Askinan. This is a lock that's tied closed with a cord that you can open it up as long as you can cut the cord, you can open up this lock. That's the kind of a lock that we're talking about over here. So he lost the key. If he would have the key, he would be able to open up the, uh, the cord. But he doesn't have the key. So now what is he going to have to do? Uboy is He's going to need a knife to cut open this lock. So the Tanakame holds like Rabbi Yaisi that even if you don't have the key, you can access your food. The Omar Rabbi Yaisi says, You're allowed to move any Kalim on Shabbos. This is going back to Hilchas Muktzah. So Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is you could move any Kalim on Shabbos, whether it's a Kalish or Malachter Lahetter that's designated for permitted use, or even Kalim, Kalim that is, that could be used only for forbidden use. So let's say a knife that's not made for food, a knife that's malachtelis, so you're still allowed to move it. The only case which is mukte is a masar agodl and yesashomachresha, which are a big saw or a big a part of the plow that's used in the field, which are very, very expensive machinery or expensive uh, utensils, which is mukte, machmas, chasar, and kiss. A person is makbid not to use them for anything else. But anything other than that, you're allowed to use a knife to cut open this lock. So you can, cut, you can use this knife to cut open this lock. But that says that you can't access your food is because he holds like Rab Nechemya. Rab Nechemya has a very stringent approach to mukte. The Omar, even a garment which is a malach telahata, which is something you can use on Shabbos. I feel a tarvid, even a spoon. And he told him, tashmishan. You're only allowed to move them on Shabbos for their designated purpose. A food, to eat food from it, a, a garment to wear. If you're moving anything on Shabbos not for its designated purpose, it's mokta, you're not allowed. So a knife, which is not made for cutting open a cord of a lock, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to use it on Shabbos for that purpose. And that's why you can't open this lock to get your food out. You put down your Eidov at the end of the Tchum. Right? So you have your house and 2,000 Amas away is where you put down the food of your Eidov to be able to walk another 2,000 Amas from that place. So now the food fell out from that area where you put it and it, it rolled out outside of the Tchum. Or Nafal Olav Gal, you put down the Eidov and a pile of rocks fell down on it. Or Nisraf, or it got burnt, the food got burnt. Trumah Venitmes, or if it was Trumah, it became Tommy, and now nobody could eat it. Meboid Yoim, if any of this happened before Shabbos, ain't Eidov, so it's not a good Eidov. So when Shabbos came in, there was no food there that was fit for use. Meshachasheicha, if it happened after it became dark already, then it's a good Eidov. As long as the food is there by Bein Hashmoshes, you establish your dwelling there at that time, so that's good, you can carry from there, you can walk from there, that is, another 2,000 Amas. Im Safik, how about if it's, you don't know when this happened? You placed it down there, and you come there later on Shabbos, and you see that the food is not there, or it was burnt, or that it rolled out, and you don't know exactly when it happened. Did it happen by day, or did it happen by night? 
רב מאיר, רב יהודה אמרים, סרב מאיר, רב יהודה סס, הרי זה חמור גמול. The mission here is giving an example. חמור גמול means like a person that has a donkey that's in front of him, that he's, that he's uh, riding on or he's walking with, and he has a camel that's behind him. So if the person has a donkey in front and a camel behind, he's between them, he always has to pay attention to what's in front of him and what's behind him. So the same thing over here, if you have an aid of that you place down, and you're not sure if that's a good Edov, so now you're going to be locked. You could only walk between your house and this Edov. You can't walk 2,000 Amis on the other side of your house, away from where you place down this Edov, because could be that's where your dwelling is. And you can't walk 2,000 Amis from the Edov in the other direction, because could be your dwelling is in your house. Where's the person's dwelling? We don't know. Is his dwelling a Shabbos established in his house or by the Edov? So therefore, the only space you can walk is in between your house and the Edov but not beyond um, the, the house in one direction or beyond the Eidov in the, in the other direction. That's the mashal of Chamer Gamal. There's a suffix, so we have to be machmer. Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Shimon Oimrim, Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Shimon say, Suffolk Eidov Kosher. Regarding a suffix of an Eidov, we could be lenient and rely on it that it's a good Eidov. Om Rabbi Yaisi, Av Tulmus Heyid Mishum Chamisha Zekeinim. Av Tulmus said over, testified in the name of five Zekeinim, Al Safik Eidov Shekosha, that a Safik Eidov will be Kosha. The Gemara will explain this Machlaikis. So we learned in the Mishnah an Eidov that rolled out of the place where you put it at the end of the Tchum and it rolled out outside of the Tchum. That it's not a good Eidov. Omar Rave says, Rave, Leishonu Elishin is Galgal Chutzlar Ba'amis. That's only if it rolled out of the four Amis of where the Eidov was placed. Avol Toichdal Damis. The Eidov rolled out of its place, but it's still within four Amis of where you put it, and within the Tchum of the of the Tchum, then it's okay. Because Hanaisin Eiruvai Yashle Dal Damis. Wherever you place down your Eidov, around that area, you have four Amis, which is as if it's surrounded with a Mechitza, like a Rishus Yachid, and even if it rolls out of the place where you put it, as long as it's within four Amis of the Tchum, it's still like it's in its original place, and you're allowed to access it. Okay, we had this before already. The Gemara already mentioned this before. This, this is the source of this concept. So it said in the Mishnah that if a pile of rocks fell onto the Edov, so then you can't access the Edov. So if it fell on, down during the day, it's not a good Edov. So the Gemara thinks, what's the reason? If this person wants, if this person wants, he can still go and take it. Why can he go and take it? What's the problem? What's the issue of moving the rocks? He, moving the rocks, the only issue would be muktzeh, as Rashi here says. Tiltal. The tiltal avonim is just muktzeh, so it's awesome with the rabbanon. So the, the problem is that he can't move the rocks because it's muktzeh. So it's not a good Eidov. So if so, The mission is not following the opinion of Rabbi. The Rabbi Ha'amar, as we learned before a few times, Rabbi says, Anything that's only forbidden with the Rabbanon, So Bein Hashmoshes, there's no issue. The Eidov has to be accessible, Bein Hashmoshes, that you can do something Even if with the Rabbanon you can't, it doesn't matter. So over here we're saying, just because of Muktzah, it's not a good Eidov. Answers the Gemara, Afilotein with Rabbi. No, the Mishnah can follow Rabbi's opinion as well. Like the boy We're talking over here about an Eidav that's on the rocks and you need a shovel or a spade, you need a tool, a utensil to dig and to uncover this Eidav, and that's Chaydish. It's a Malachim and Atayra. 
And now the Gemara explains that Utsrichi. We need the two cases in the Mishnah. What were the two cases we had? The Adav rolled out of its place or the Adav got covered by rocks. In both cases, it's the same point. You can't access the food. Why does the Mishnah say both cases? is Galgal, if it would say the case where it rolled out of its place, Mishundalesagabe, the Adav is not anymore by you. It can't be accessed in the place where you put it. That's why it's not good. Avonofalol of Gal, if a pile of rocks fell on it, Nisegabe. It's there in the place that you put it. It's covered, but it's in the place that you put it within the 2,000 Amis, within your Tchump. Maybe the fact that it's covered is not a problem. I would think it might be a native. On the other hand, if it would only say the case where a pile of rocks fell in it, I would say, It's covered. You can't access it. It's totally covered. But if it rolled out of the place where it was, just like it rolled out, a wind could come and blow it back in. So maybe it's still considered to be the food is there, available for you, it could come back in. Therefore the Mishnah says both cases, that if it's not in the place where you put it, and it went out or it got covered, it's not a good Eidav. The next case in the Mishnah was Oy Nisref, or the Eidav got burnt, or Trume Venitmis, or it's Trume that became Tome. Lamali, why is the Mishnah saying these two cases? And says the Gemara, Tone Nisraf, the Mishnah says the case of an Adif that got burnt, to tell you to what extent Rabbi Yaisi is Mekel. Rabbi Yaisi is the one that says in the Mishnah that if you have a Suffolk, you could rely on the fact that the Adif was there by Ben Hashemoshes. In other words, what's Rabbi Yaisi, rely, Rabbi Yaisi relying on? As we'll see soon in the Gemara, Rabbi Yaisi is relying on a Chazaka. The Chazaki is that if I place the Eid over there, that it was probably there Ben Hashmashis. So I rely on the Chazaki even in a case where the food is burnt. It's non-existent anymore. I still say that at a Ben Hashmashis, it, it, it was there. And Tanah Trumah Venitmes, on the other hand, the, the Mishnah says the case of Trumah that got Tomeh, uh, to tell you to what extent Rab Meir was Machmer, that even though the food is here, and L'chayret is a Chazaka that I should apply to this food, that it was probably Tohoyer at the time of Ben Hashmashis, nevertheless Rab Meir does not rely on that Chazaka. So now the Gemara will discuss this Machlaikis, of a Suffolk Eidov, whether you could rely on a Suffolk Eidov or not, could you rely on a Chazaka or not? Does Rab Meir hold that if you have a Suffolk about something, you have to be Machmer and you can't rely on a Chazaka? But we learned in the Mishnah, this is, this is a very classical case that's brought in many places regarding the concept of Suffolk. Anytime you have a Suffolk, what's the usual halacha regarding a Suffolk? You go according to a Chazaka. What, which Chazaka are we talking about? Chazaka de Meikara. The previous status that it had until when the doubt came up. And you follow that status. And this is the halacha that it says by a mikveh. Tomei sheyorad litva. A tomei, he went to, a person's tomei, he went to the mikveh. Suffolk toval, Suffolk loy toval. But now a Suffolk comes up. He's not sure if when he went into the mikveh, maybe there was hair sticking out, maybe his entire body was not fully immersed in the mikveh. Or another case, a person went to the mikveh and he was tovel fully. The mikveh originally had 40 saw, but then they measure it later after he, afterwards, after he comes out of the mikveh. Now they see that it doesn't have 40 saw. And you're not sure if at the time that he toveled, did the mikveh have the minimum amount of 40 saw to be a kosher mikveh. 
Or a third scenario. There were two mikvois. One mikveh has the measurement of 40 saw. And the other one doesn't. And he used one of these mikvehs. He can't remember which one he used. So because there's a suffix, so therefore the person is going to be Tommy. So we do not follow the, uh, the status of a mikveh that it was Tahir before. Because it's a suffix, he's going to be Tommy. That's the first part of this Mishnah. But now the Mishnah continues and says, When do we say that we have to be Machmer? And we can't rely on a Chazaket that the person would be Tahir. That's if it's a Tumah Chamura. Tumah Chamura means it's a Tumah Minatayra, as Rashi says. But if you have a Tumah which is a lighter Tumah, Tumah Midrabonon, and the Mishnah gives examples for a Tumah Midrabonon, Kagansha'achal, a person eats food that's Tommy or drinks food that's Tommy. If you eat a Chatsi Pras of food or drink that's Tommy, you become Tommy. If most of a person's body was in Mayim Shuvim, or three lugim of, of water, drawn water, falls upon you, there's a gzair of chazal that you become tummy. And now you want to be metari yourself of a tummy midrabonon, the yorad litva, you went down to the mikveh, suffolk now, the same case like we had before, suffolk toval, suffolk loit toval. There's a suffolk whether you were fully immersed in the mikveh or not. Tavil another case, even if you did go to the mikveh, but suffolk toval bar boim saw, suffolk loit toval bar boim saw. There's a suffolk about the mikveh itself, whether it had the minimum requirement of 20, 40 saw. Or the third case, two mikvists, one has the measurement of 40 saw, one doesn't. And you don't know which one you went to the mikveh. So here, because it's only a tumimidrabanon, so here, in the case of a suffix, you're going to be tired. That's the Tanakam in this Mishnah. Who's the Tanakam of this Mishnah? So Rashi says, Stam Mishnah Rab Meir. So this is Rab Meir's opinion. So Rabbi Yaisi says, no, even in a case where the whole suffix is a suffix midrabonon, this whole tom is midrabonon, still we're going to be machmer for a suffix and you're going to be tome. So what do we see over here? Rabbi Meir says, in a case where it's a suffix midrabonon, you're lenient, you rely on a chazak and it's tar. And regarding the Eidov, Rabbi Meir says, you have to be machmer. Answers the Gemara, Kasava Rab Meir, Rab Meir's opinion is, like Rabbi Kiva, that we had a few times, that the Isra of Tchum is Menatayra, and therefore, Menigeta Tchum, you have to be Machmer. By the Mikveh, you only make if it's Midrabanon. Frag the Gemara, is this true? Does Rab Meir hold that the Isra of walking out of the Tchum and Shabbos is Menatayra? Atanan, we learned in the Mishnah, this is later here in Masechta, we're going to learn this in Mitzvah So what happens is, you have to measure the Tchum Shabbos. How do you measure Tchum Shabbos? You have to take a rope and you measure. So the halacha is that the rope that you use to measure could only be 50 amas long. So you measure a rope with 50 amas, but let's say you, when you're measuring, you come to a place where there's a ditch. And then it comes back up. So how do you measure? Do you have to measure going down? You have to measure the whole entire length of the space that you go down and then come up. All of that space is part of the Tchum Shabbos that you have to measure. Or <coughs> do you stretch out the rope on one side and on the other side and you just measure it straight without going down and up? Let's take a look in the picture if you wanted to see the picture. I, I believe they have a picture here. Where are we over here on Daf Lamed Hey Amad Beis? So you take a look. 
Uh, no, they don't have a picture for this, but they have a picture for the next point that we're going to learn over here. So, in other words, the point is that the area that you're measuring is not flat. There's an area you come to that goes down and, go, and then comes back up. So there's a ditch. So how do you measure there? So the, so the Mishnah here says, If the area between the top, before, the, 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 when it, before it goes down, and the, the top that comes back up on the other side. So again, you have a valley sort of. And you have a mountain on both sides. So if the mountain on the both sides and the valley in between is not under 50 amis, it's not 50 amis and less, so then you can't measure it straight without going down and coming back up. Here, said in the name of Rab Meir, Shamaiti, the way you have to do this is, you have to pierce through the mountain. The way to measure this is, is by piercing through the mountain. What does this mean, piercing through the mountain? So we're going to learn about this in Mitzvah Shem later, but the point of here is, if you take a look in picture, Reish Lamet Ches, so when you're measuring space, and you have a mountain that goes up, you have a mountain that goes up and then it comes back down. If you're going to measure the mountain just by taking a rope and putting it down on the floor, you, so you're going to end up measuring the entire space going up and then the entire space coming down, and you're not measuring straight, you're going to have a much bigger uh, space that you measured. Mm -hmm. So you want to measure it without including the, the, the incline and then coming down. How do you do this? How do you measure it? So as you see here in the picture, one person, so the, the, I mean the Braise, the, the Mishnah, uses the expression that you, you want to pierce through the mountain to measure in a way that you don't include the incline. So what do you do? One person stands and holds a rope by, some, by, by his heart. And the other person has it by his feet. And this is the way you measure. If you measure this way, you gain that space. You're not ever measuring, with a, you're not including the incline in your measurement. It, the, the rope that you're measuring is always going space. And this is the way you measure four amas at a time. So you gain that space from the height of the person, from his heart to his feet. That's the space that you gain when you measure, you're measuring straight. You're not measuring going in an incline. That's what you do over here. So what, what's the point that he's saying? That when you have a ditch and there's the two sides of the ditch, if there's a space more than 50 yamas in between, you have to measure this way. You're going to have to measure mekadrin baharin by piercing through, which is doing this, this process of measurement. Now, what's the Gemara's question? If you're going to say that the Isra of Tchumen is minatayre, mi mekadrin. Regarding any measurement for something that is minatayra, we don't use this kind of measurement. For space that you measure for something that's a isa minatayra or something that's required minatayra, you can't measure in this method. You have to measure directly the actual space of the ground, regardless if it's an incline or if it goes down. You have to measure the full space. And the Gemara brings the source of this. By ir miklot, which is of course a place for a person that kills b'shegi, that goes into ir miklot, it's not only the city itself that he can go into, the tchum around the city is also part of the ir miklot. But how do you measure the ir miklot if there's a hill there? You can't measure this way where you're piercing through, where you measure like we just described. 
You have to measure whatever space the ground has. And the same thing also, by an egg rufa, where you're measuring a person that died, and you have to measure how close he is to a city. So you can't measure in this method. You have to measure directly, no matter if it goes up, it goes down, you have to measure the full space without piercing through. Because over here, the measurement is a measurement that's required so what's the Gemara's question? Here I see that Rab Meir says that you could use this measurement by aid of Tchumen of piercing through. It must be that Rab Meir holds that Tchumen is not Minatayra. So how can we say that Rab Meir holds that it's Minatayra? Answers the Gemara, like Kashia. Ha didei, ha derabe. Was one thing that Rab Meir is, this is his own opinion, Rab Meir himself holds that Tchumen is Minatayra. And then Rab Meir is repeating in the name of his teacher the Kula to measure by aid of, not like the, the way you measure, huh? Shamaiti, exactly. Gemara will say now, so that's uh, he was repeating something in the name of his teacher. And what did Rab Meir say? Rab Meir heard this from his teacher that you can uh, measure with this method of piercing through the mountain, and that's a kula used only with Rabbanon. So therefore, it's two different opinions. It's Rab Meir, and there's what he heard from his teacher. So right now the Gemara's conclusion is that Rab Meir holds that Tchumen is Medairaisa. Verami Dairaisa Dairaisa. But now if that's the case, the Gemara is going to ask a question from two cases where you have a Suffolk Menateire. So what did it say in our, in our Mishnah? That you can't rely on a Chazaka uh, regarding a Suffolk Menateire. And therefore you can't rely on the Eruv. And by the Mikveh, you can't rely on the Tefillah of the Mikveh because it's a Suffolk Menateire. Now the Gemara says, there's another case, that Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, You touch somebody during the night, and now in the morning you wake up, you see he's not alive. You don't know if when you touched him, whether he was alive or not. In the morning, you find that he's not alive anymore. So now the question is, are you Tommy? Did you touch him when he was alive or not? Rab Meir says, you're you could rely on a chazaka. You went to sleep the night before. He was still alive. You could rely on a chazaka that he was alive. The chachamim emetamen. And the chachamim say that it's tamen. You can't rely on a chazaka. Shakal atmeis kishas mitziyosan. That anything that's tame, if right now you discover that this person was tame when you woke up in the morning, you have to be chayshish that when you touched him, he was tame. So right here, what do we see? That you don't rely on a chazaka. When you went to sleep the night before, you saw this person was alive. And you don't rely on that chazaka. So why Beneget, even though over here we're talking about a, um, what are we talking about over here? Again, let me, let me repeat that again. Chachamim hold you don't rely on the chazaka. The opposite, Rab Meir holds you do rely on the chazaka. Even though we're talking about the halacha of Tumah that's minatayra. And in our Mishnah, Beneget to Eret Chumin, Beneget to Mikveh, we don't rely on the chazaka because it's minatayra and therefore we're machmer. So what's going on over here? So the Gemara says, Amr Rab Mishnah Seinu, in our Mishnah, when it says by the aid of Tchumen that you don't rely on the Chazaki, you know what the reason is? It's speaking about a case, Keshehoya Olav Sheretz Kol Ben There was a Sheretz that was on the food, all Ben so it's Tameh. So we know for sure it's Tameh. Frek the Gemara, that's the case of the Mishnah, that the aid of Tchumen is that there was a Sheretz on it, it's Tameh. Ihachi Bahal Leimer Rabbi Yaisi Suffolk aid of Kasher. Over here, this is a case that Rabbi Yaisi would say that it's a Suffolk. And a suffix is kosher. I mean, the Gemara is really asking if that, that, that can't be the case of the Mishnah. Then it's not a suffix. You then zavada. You know for a fact that it's tummy. So therefore now the Gemara says no. The suffix in our Mishnah is as follows. 
Right? What, how did we learn Tilna? How did we understand the concept of the Safik in our Mishnah? You put the food of the Eir Tchum in there, and then you come later at night or the next morning Shabbos, and you f- find that the Eir is not there. It rolled out or it got covered, whatever it is, and you don't know when it happened. You have no testimony, no one saw, you don't know what happened. But now the Gemara says that's not the case. The Suffolk is a much bigger Suffolk. Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef, the Amri Tarvayu, Hocha b'shtei kite eidemaskinon. Here the case is that the Suffolk is not based on stama, lack of knowledge, but the Suffolk is based on the fact that you have two people and come and tell you that they saw that it became Tomei, Achas Emeres, one group of Edom says, Mibad Yoim Nitma, that it became Tomei during the day. Vachas Emeres, Mishachashecha. And the other one says that it became Tomei at night. Right? So in such a case, Rab Meir is going to be Machmer. In such a case, Rab Meir is going to say that because you have two Edom, it's not just Tama Suffolk, which is a lack of knowledge. When you have a Suffolk where two Edom are saying that it was Tomei during the day, and two Edom are saying that it's Tomei during the night, over here you have to be Machmer. When you have a case of a Suffolk where it's just a lack of knowledge, you don't know. In such a case, you rely on the previous status, you rely on the Chazaka that it had till now. That's one Teretz. And another Teretz Gemara says, Rav Omar Hasan Trei Chazaki Lekula. Over here, by the case of, um, by the case of the Tvila and the Mikveh, or, sorry, not the case of the Tvila and the Mikveh, uh, we're talking about the case of uh, a person that touched somebody in the middle of the night and he doesn't know if he touched someone that's tired or Tomei, there's actually two Chazakas to rely on to be Mekel. What are the two Chazakas to rely on? So if you look in the second Rashi, Rashi explains, the first Chazaka is, you yourself have a status of being Tahir. You have your own Chazaka, your body was Tahir until this point. And also, the person that you touched had a status of being alive until this point. You discovered him to be not alive in the morning, but he was tired until this point. So you have two chazakas to rely on. So over here, Rav Meir says, you could be mekel. But But in the case of our Mishnah, the case by the Mikveh, you're talking about a case where there's only one chazaka to rely on. Here Rav Meir says, you have to be machmer if it's a, if it's a uh, chazaka regarding a tzafik minatayre. Here even Rav Meir is going to say, you have to be machmer. That's the difference. Okay.